and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast, episode 94. We're only six away from 105 after this one. It is just myself, Nigel Chute, and Adam Dickinson for this one. Freddie is, I actually don't know what he's doing, probably something more important than this. Uh, how are you moving doing? Up. He might be moving up to Sheffield this uh, today, oh, actually. Really? I could be yeah. wrong. But... I mean, I'm moving up in a couple of days. Well, not up, across in a, in a couple of days. Yeah, so, I, I'm yeah. not. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not. It'd be quite <laughs> far across where you want it. It'd be like 10,000 kilometres. <laughs> but yeah, how, how's yeah. it going in Oklahoma? <clears throat> it's going good. It's going good. It's been like, yeah, anyone who's followed my Twitter will see I'm excitedly tweeting things. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of camera work, a lot of standing behind it, looking at the screen, making sure everything's in shot. But no, I'm enjoying it, and it, just, it kind of feels mad and slightly um, intimidating that it feels like I've been here forever, and yet I've still got effectively a whole Sheffield semester to go because the Sheffield term hasn't gone yet. So it's, it's kind of weird thinking about that. And like, if I was in Sheffield, I would have done all this and then not even started the term yet. But yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. Come on, how are you doing in your last few days in the northwest? Wow. When I move, not well to Yorkshire, it won't really change, will it? So <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's all been fine, really. Not much to report, I don't think. Uh, you can follow Adam at, on Twitter at Adam Dickinson one myself at Nigel C Journal, and the missing Freddie Coates at Fred Coates nineteen ninety nine, and the Winging It F one Twitter is at Winging It F one. Uh, we will tweet on there sometimes because that's what you do on Twitter. Anyway, well, I mean, we, uh, we could change Freddy's to like Fred Coates missing an action or something. So <laughs> anytime one of us misses a podcast, we could change it to that. That'd be quite fun. Um, <laughs> uh, let's talk driver news. Although it's not news because it happened last week, but we haven't had, had a podcast for about 10 days. Uh, Aston Martin have confirmed that Stroll and Sebastian Vettel will stay at the team. There were some reports that Vettel might retire at the end of this year but all that turns out to be nonsense they will stay next season how do you feel about that decision Adam is it the right thing I'm not sure I think I I think there as as a driver pairing I don't think there's kind of much to write home about about underwhelming Lance yeah I think it won the weaker ones on the grid and kind of if you look across the rest of their midfield rivals then you've obviously got you know McLaren and Ferrari who've got stars in Norris and Leclerc and you know very um, capable drivers in Sainz and Ricardo there as well and then if you look across at Alpine they've got you know Ocon who's now race they've got two race winners um, there and you know Ocon who's really come on again, this season, kind of back to the level or near to the level that he was uh, Racing Point Force India and obviously Alonso, who's, you know, just fantastic and has shown no signs of slowing down. And, you know, even at Alpha Tauri, you've got Pierre Gasly, who's another race winner and another, you know, really, really, really strong driver who would fit well into most teams on the grid. And I think compared to that, if you're in a straight fight between that and the Aston Martin pairing, Aston Martin pair is not coming off best I think a lot of the time but I think they've kind of made that bed for from last season I don't really see how they could have changed you know I don't think there's kind of many obvious maybe ringing and Bottas would have been good but you know I don't think there's kind of many really obvious um although you're probably going to think of one and show me up um drivers that they could have brought in so yeah Hulkenberg possibly returning but even mm, that it's it's a bit of an unknown I don't, yeah, I don't think, I mean, he popped into my head, but I don't necessarily think he'd be an upgrade on either of them. So, yeah, I think, you know, with the options they'd have had, it's probably the right decision to stick. But I think, you know, it's not, there's nothing really to shout about with this pairing, to be honest, compared to the, compared to the others. So, you know, I think next season, if they are, I think the car's competitiveness or lack of is kind of masked that a bit this year but I think next year if they're kind of further up the grid or in the position that their car was last year then it might kind of come back to haunt them a bit Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, I can't help but feel 
the, the driver lineup alone is missing two or three attempts compared to Alpine's driver lineup, for example. You know, and and if you're looking at next year's lineup, the quality of the grid will still be very, very strong. Perhaps the strongest for a very long time. I can't help but feel the Aston Martin driver lineup will be you know eight or ninth out of the ten teams, which is not what you want. You know, because you're just losing those precious tenths second just for driver lineup. I mean. Straw's best result this year is seventh, isn't it? Which happened last time out at Monza and people were praising that. But if you look at everyone else in the, in the midfield, they've had top five finishes or multiple I mean, top five To be fair, finishes. Seb has had a podium and a couple of top five finishes and would have had another podium at um, Hungary. So, you know, I guess maybe that's something to kind of look at. So, you know, maybe... It is, but I just... I think I think what it is, I think they'll both have their moments. But for me, as as you know, I'm more about the consistency and performing at a high level every weekend. And I don't think either of them can do that now. I, I, that's that's my problem with it, I think. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, you know, they're just not... They've not been getting top tens every race and kind of every... Everyone else has been really, you know, if you discount Williams, even with Vettel's eighteen or eighteen points only, they would still be seventh, I think, in the constructor standings. They wouldn't improve positions, yeah. and, and I think their car has been capable of scoring points at most races. I'd mm. say, but I just genuinely think, you know, Alonso, Ocon, Gasly, they're just performing better overall as, as drivers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they, they've scored points in nine races so far. Mm. And then you look at Alpha Tauri have scored points in all but one. So have Alpine, so have Ferrari, so have uh, McLaren have had a couple of a couple more races that they've not scored points in. But, you know, um, oh no, sorry. they So, you know, every other team has scored points in all but one races of the season so far. And, you know, Aston Martin just aren't really near that. But... You know, as I said, it's I don't really see what else they could have done. I think in this situation where you've got Stroll kind of bedded in that seat, and you've not really got yeah, another yeah. Ocon, Leclerc, Norris, Russell, Gasly coming through to you know be able to put into that second seat. So yeah, it, it's it's a difficult one where you know I think they did the best with the situation, but you know I think next season they are you know. If their car is more competitive, going up against the other driver pairings, I think they'll be in trouble. I think it's only really maybe Williams and Haas. Haas. Maybe yeah. maybe not even Williams, to be fair, because if Albon yeah. can return to his Toro Rosso form, I think he'd outpace them or the Williams pairing would outpace them. So. Yeah. so, you know, it's it's pretty slim pickings. But you know, at, at the same time, it's I think I think it's a likable pairing and they will have moments because that's what both of them have done, you know, stroll over his career in the midfield and Vettel over his career in the midfield too. They will have moments and you know that's that's been nothing. So yeah. It's it's remarkably similar to last year in a way where racing point as to record and they missed out on third in the constructor standings to McLaren in the final race. And I think it was because of the driver lineup because they had the second or third fastest car. Most races, but Perez and the Stroll, they obviously had COVID as well. Uh, but even still, they should have been romping away with it. But I think the driver line up went them down. So I think it's always been, or it's been a problem in the last few years with, for the team. But with Stroll there, I mean, if it's Stroll will ever not be uh, in F1, as, as long as his dad is, is, is there. Yeah, I no, I think, I think he's seven. To be fair, I. I think he's, I don't know. I, I mean, it's kind of difficult. I think this is because... his peak, though. This is, like, as good as it gets for him. Like, oh, he, I don't it? see how it gets he's better. Still, he's still quite young, isn't he? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's only 22. I think I think he's got a bit, I think he's got a bit to go. And I think if he, mm. you know, he's, I can see him just carving out a career as a kind of midfield veteran, really. I think he will get better I don't know maybe like physical or truly level which I mean you know isn't truly the like 11th best driver of all time or whatever according to Amazon <laughs> but yeah I think you know he I think he can reach that level and you know he's had some 
great moments already in his career. So, you know, I think it's difficult with how competitive the grid is or will be next year. I think this year he's probably outside the top five bottom drivers or maybe just inside it. I'd say uh, Raikkonen, and Giovinazzi, Sonoda, Mazepin, uh, yeah, Latifi. So, yeah, I'd say he's outside that, but kind of next year, then that might change. So, you know, I don't think he's, uh, he deserves to just be turfed out because I think he's kind of okay. But I think for what Aston Martin want, he's not really the driver that's going to take them there. But, you know, he's the driver that, has led to them getting loads of backing and being taken over by one of the top sports car brands in the world. So it cuts yeah. both ways. Absolutely. And and Vettel, we've not spoken about him much actually on the podcast for quite a few months. How do you think his season has, has gone? Is it what you expected? Is it better than what you thought or worse? I'm not sure really. It's, it kind of seems to have been taken up by a fair few kind of just weird moments. I mean... I think he's he's just had a lot of retirement or a lot of non-scoring finishes. He's had, what, two... Well, a retirement and, dis, and a disqualification officially, but then he's had two more where he gets classified because he's done X number of laps but hasn't finished. So it's he's gone missing in a lot of races. I think the kind of the Azerbaijan, Monaco, Spa and Hungary performances are kind of... Spa. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, getting, getting fifth in terms yeah. of qualifying. I think that's kind of overshadowing a lot of that. Actually, he's not scored points outside of that. He's only scored points in one more race. Yeah. So I think it's probably, he's kind of seems to be in a better mindset, which I think would have been one of the goals going into the season is kind of refining his confidence. So I think, yeah, in terms of that, he's doing better and, the fact that we've not spoken about him, you know, when he was at Ferrari, it was a much bigger topic of conversation. I think that's really helping him just be going a bit under the radar. But having said all that, I think those results kind of overshadowing that it's not really been that successful a season in terms of consistency and racking up points, which he could be getting because, you know, this car can should be scoring points more regularly than it has been. Uh, I thought he would be beaten Stroll a bit more or by, uh, you know, more of a like time-wise, I thought it would be a bit further ahead, but I don't think that's really happening. He's, I've, no, they're not similar. I think Vettel's just ahead, but not as much as I thought. I think that's how I'd summarise it, and, I, and you're absolutely, absolutely right with the moments he's had, but equally he's not. He's had some you know, races where he's just not been there, so it's just been mixed, I think. Yeah, uh, I think that's yeah. the best way of describing it. I, I didn't really... I thought him and Stroll would be quite close to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you know, it just kind of felt like coming out of Ferrari. I mean, it was quite an unknown, really, anyway, coming out of Ferrari. But, you know, I think maybe Stroll was a bit underrated and Vettel was a bit overrated. <laughs> well, you know, it's, in, in the way that people rate Stroll so low, you know, I'm not saying he's, like, underrated, like, I don't know, a George Russell when the, in his first season at Williams. But I think, like, you know, he was underrated in terms of people think he's a lot worse and yeah. I don't think he is that bad and I think Vettel was overrated going in so I don't know I don't think it's a massive surprise but equally you know it's kind of the fact that they're 12th and 13th and 7th in the constructors yeah. it's you know it's not really kind of what you'd expect I think that podium or the two podiums one of them doesn't count is kind of saving a lot for their season really absolutely yeah, we'll see. Well, they've got a mighty task to try and get top five, which I think is what the baton for. I don't think it's going to happen. There, there is no go. way they are getting top five. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. To have any chance of doing it, though, they will have to do well at this weekend's Russian Grand Prix. Fan favourite event, said no one. Uh, but I'll tell you what is interesting, though, the weather, it looks like a complete washout on Saturday. I mean, it, it, looking at it, it looks like qualifying will take place on Sunday, quite frankly, because the paddock has all, or the F2 and F3 paddock has already been flooded. Uh, they're, all, they're, they're at like car level height, I think, I saw on oh, wow. social media. Uh, so oh, I'm not wow. sure how, that, how they're going to sort that out. They'll probably find a way. But 
it looks like the wet weather is going to definitely play a part at some point in the weekend. Uh, I don't know how we how we how we can analyse that. Uh, have you got anything to say on that, Adam? <laughs> um, well, the kind of same thing that we said after Spa that the wet weather does equalise running for a lot of the drivers, and it kind of puts a lot more emphasis on you know kind of natural driver talent, I guess, if there is such a thing. So you know the kind of Will George Russell get pole position? Probably not. Um, but, you know, Russell, Norris, Ricardo did well, though, you know, you think that's just because the McLaren was so OP in the wet. Um, you know, I think if that is the case and we do get a wet qualifying, then we'll get a mixed up grid and that'll be interesting. But I think the main thing is, I don't know who I'd back out of Verstappen and Hamilton this year, because I think going into it, then I would have said Hamilton all day long, but actually... In the wet conditions this year, I think Verstappen's been the better driver, I'd say. Yeah. You know, if you look at Spa, um, Imola, I mean, Hungary's kind of hard to analyse anyway. Um, so, you know, I I think it might potentially favour Verstappen, really, which I never thought I'd say in the wet. But I think all, all the Brits will rise to the front because that's what happened at Spa because it always rained in Britain, so we're used to it. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's what I expect. But you know, it like you say, it's it's a massive equaliser, and I think if you look if you look at the grid for um, Spa, you had different teams in the top six. the The first repeat team in qualifying was Sergio Perez in seventh. So yeah, I think. In terms of, in terms of that, it you know it, that just shows it completely kind of wipes out team advantage. Really, you had Russell nearly beating Verstappen, you had Norris nearly beating everyone, you had Vettel coming fifth. So, you know, it it does really level the playing field. So, I think it will be interesting to see that. Having said that, you know, it'll probably be like sun and forty degrees there for the next like <laughs> three days and just throw it all off, and then we're like, oh, so yeah, we'll have to see. Well, uh, what I'll say is, I mean, there's a, from what I saw on Twitter and stuff, people are scared that because because of what happened at Spa with the cancellation and the free lap, well, one officially one lap race. Uh, a... But but what I'd say is, such is a better track to have it at because it's well, there's a lot more run off. You know, it's not as dangerous, not well, not, da- not as old school as Spa. Uh, fog. Well, it wasn't really fog at Spa, was it? Or was it? Was it fog? Was no, it's it just it's just fog, many just wet. A spray. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm not sure. Well, there's never been a wet session at Sochi apart from practice. Perhaps sure. not. Definitely not core final race. Yeah, but I'm not sure how the track surface will react, but I think it will be better, better than Spa. I mean, I th- I think. I can't really think of a circuit that would have been worse than Spa, except yeah. maybe maybe, um, maybe Monza, but that's, that's kind good. of that's the only one that would be you know in the same galaxy really. Um, yeah, I, I think Russia would be a lot better. I'd I'd even argue that I'd expect them to go ahead in the same conditions yeah. as at Spa. I think the only reason they didn't at Spa is because of Eau Rouge and mm. all of the stuff that's happened there. So you know, I think. I think Spa's a pretty unique condition. Yeah, I really hope we get to see racing, as long as it is safe, obviously, at Russia, because I'm not getting up for another, like, I mean, not early, early, but early for me to start. It's one hour earlier than normal, isn't it? Just <laughs> to can. sit there for four hours watching a safety car go around the track and then go home. So, yeah, please, please, there'll be some racing. But also, Mercedes, it's their 100% track. They always win there. So yes. will that continue? I do not know. I mean, that's the big question, isn't it? If it was dry, I think Mercedes would have to be the favourites. They have won every Russian Grand Prix, as you said. It just suits the philosophy the car always has. Hamilton's won four races, I think, here. Bottas, as we know, it goes very well too. Let's say it is dry. Is Does Hamilton have to win? Or, yeah, well... I think he does. I think he has to. Like... I think you I think looking over the last few races, they could Italy, have won the last, they've had a car to win the last four races, I think, but they haven't. I'd, I'd say not Zandvoort, 
I think Max had the better wow. car at Zandvoort, but I think outside of that, yeah, I think Hungary, they should have won. Although, to be fair, Hungary, they probably got more of an advantage than they would have if it had been yeah. a one-two. But anyway, Hungary, they should have won. Belgium, I think they arguably should have won. I think they had it in them to get Poland the win, or certainly in dry conditions, I think they would have been closer. So, Netherlands, I don't really, I think, Verstappen maybe had the faster car there. That's but, we disagree. <laughs> but um, Italy, definitely. I think, I said last time, I think they should have won that about three different ways, and they didn't. So, yeah, it's... You know, I, I think three of the last four races, or I guess four, four of the last five races, because they did win at Silverstone, they've had the car yeah. to win, and they haven't bar Silverstone. So, yeah, I think they this is really a must-win because that advantage that they got through the wipeout at Silverstone, you know, still not saying it was Hamilton's fault at all, but they got <laughs> an advantage from that, and that's all gone now. This happens back in the lead of the championship by five points, so... Yeah, they need to they need to take advantage here. And if you're looking at the tracks coming up, Sochi is the one that suits them most. You know, I think some tracks will suit Mercedes as well, but this one they'll they should have a pretty big advantage. And and Verstappen has his three grid plays penalty of course, so you can't start high higher than fourth. So mm. everything's there for Hamilton to just execute, you know, play them simple weekend, even if it is wet, uh he should be. Fine, he's, he is one of the best, if not the best, in the wet. So I think it, it is a must win, just for some momentum, for confidence as well, because he hasn't won a race when when it, when him and Verstappen have finished since Spain, the start of May, which is remarkable. So uh, I really think he need, him and him and Mercedes need some to get something going, and you know if he does do it, he will finally get his hundredth win as well, which would be waiting for for. About seven, eight weeks now. I mean, Freddie had worked out a master plan for him to win it at Silverstone, which didn't happen. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd forgotten about the Verstappen grip penalty in all honesty, but I think that just adds even more, um, you know, even more to it. I think Bottas, if you're Mercedes, you're just saying. there as well. It should be a Mercedes one too, well, I think it's. If, if it's dry, if it's wet, Bottas mm. won't be up there because we've seen him in the wet and he didn't do well. But I think if it's if it's dry, you, you're just saying to Bottas, just stay out of Hamilton's way. Just run in second. <laughs> like, I know it's his best chance probably to get a win, but Hamilton needs to win. Like, just get out of his way. Let Hamilton take the win. I think that's what they need to do. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say that. But... Oh, I don't know. I think just Mercedes have let a few wins go this year. So, you know, it's not... They seem to be making harder work of it than they've needed to. And They've not been operating as well as they have in no. the past, I think. I think Red Bull will be operating better. I agree. Is, you know, even with the bad luck Verstappen's had, that's what's kind of brought Verstappen into the lead. But, but you brought up a point there, Bottas. So... If they do use team orders, and Red Bull with Perez as well, would you like fully support that? Would you have absolutely no problems if team orders are used in the final eight races? No, I don't think. I mean, some fans will. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I know. And some Verstappen fans will have problems if Mercedes use it, and some Mercedes fans will yeah, have problems exactly. if Red Bull use it, and not vice versa. But that's just the way F1 fans and Twitter fans work. But <laughs> I think, you know, it's... It's silly Bottas, not to Bottas, Bottas is 80 points behind. You know, mm. he, he's not a factor at all in, you know, in this championship in terms of the fight with Verstappen in, you know, in the final standings. So, they, you know, they, they've got to. They'd be daft not to, to be honest. And, you know, it, it's, it's sad for him because, you know, this could be a chance for him to win his win his last Mercedes race, but, you know, they they have to. It, it's a complete fight, you know, straightforward fight between Mercedes and Red Bull and between Hamilton and Verstappen. And, you know, I don't think there's really much room for that. And, you know, Red Bull will do the same in a heartbeat. So, yeah, I think I think they have to. I'll be interested to see if Bottas does follow it, knowing that it could be his last opportunity for a win. I imagine he probably would. But, he has to be ahead first, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, but I think it's a possibility. I mean, you know, 
he was he was ahead of Italy, but you know, until his group penalty killed him. But yeah, I I can see that situation happening. I mean, not the group penalty. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I can see the situation happening where he's ahead. Um, but equally, Hamilton might just take one of the dominant wins that we've not really seen this year, but we had for <laughs> spent seven years, eight years watching previously. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Talking of grid penalties, Verstappen is still set to take a grid penalty at some point this year for a fourth engine. I think he should take it this weekend just because he can't start hiding fourth and just because, you know, it's a Mercedes track so that he's, you know, he's less likely to win. So then I'd take it this weekend. If he gets fourth, fifth or third, something like that, that's a good result. Get it out of the way. Fresh engine for the next races. I think if I was Rebel, I'd, I'd be doing that. I think, yeah, I think there's logic to that. Um... I mean, it's either here or USA, isn't it? It is well, the logical places to take it. Yeah, I think you'd say, you'd say so. I mean, it depends. So what, has he had this engine since Hungary race? So, so yeah, what? Well, let me think. The Silverstone, yeah, Silverstone got damaged. Yeah, he's had it since Hungary, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess there might be some logic in just trying to go as far as you can without taking it. Really? Yeah. I, I don't said, know. They said it will happen, though. Whereas Hamilton and Mercedes, we don't know. But yeah, uh, it's, it seems more likely. I'm not sure why that. When did Hamilton take his? Third. So this is this is interesting. Uh, it wasn't I've, that long. I've got after an article Hungary. about this actually on Racing News recently, so I have those a plug. Go and uh, check it out. Or, 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 when, or, or when this comes out, it'll be there. Oh, uh, while, while we're while we're doing this, I've done two interviews with Lassie's Freck <laughs> champion Jan Luka Petikov for F1 Feeder Series.com. So please go and check that out. Thank you. Carry on. Uh, yeah. So Hamilton took his second power unit in France. No, not before. Not France. Azerbaijan, he took it in Azerbaijan, but he took his third one in Spa, yeah. which was a surprise because that was early to me. I thought they would take it now. Uh, so because he, because he took it so early, uh, that kind of made, made me think and he's strategically planning to take a fourth one, you know, just to have a fresh engine for the final five, six races or, or whatever. So, mm. Yeah, that's, that's the story there. I mean, I guess... With Spa kind of takes a race out for both of them. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. I think there may be some some merit in just seeing how far you can take it. But, you know, that's... Is that what, is that what you, you would do or would you... I don't know what I'd do. That's that's know. why I'm not in charge of Red Bull's engine strategy or Mercedes. Um, but yeah. I am with AlphaTac, no. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think... I think you know it makes it makes sense to take it here, but equally, you know, that could be handing a fat stack of points back to Hamilton, and we don't, as you say, we don't know whether he's going to take another one or not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that there's there's merits to kind of a lot of a lot of options really, and they'll be the ones with all the information to make that decision. Not how about this? If Red Bull. We know, let's say Red Bull take it this weekend with Verstappen. Should mm. Hamilton take it as well? So he both starts at the back and then, so you can finish highest. Because then, no. cause, because then, because then, if, say, if Hamilton, if Mercedes are planning to take a fourth one, that means they're going to lose points somewhere down the line to Verstappen just like this weekend with Red Bull and uh, losing points to, to Hamilton possibly. So is that a possible an option, perhaps? Or nah, surely no. not. <laughs> I, th- I think no, you can't do that. I think with with Hamilton, I think you've got to you've got to go this weekend for the win. It you know we both said it's it's a really must win race for them, and you know if you take it further further along, then you know you just have to hope Bottas is a god, or you know I think. <laughs> But, you know, or just hope that Hamilton can get further up at another track than Verstappen can here. But, you know, I, I don't think so. I think you've got to, you've got to go for it. Can, can they decide between qualifying and the race? 
Yes, you can. Yeah. So they might do that do depending that. on how Verstappen's qualifying. That's goes. what that, yeah, that's what Red Bull have been saying this week. They've said they'll wait until after quali. Yeah. See. Uh because say if he qualifies third, takes the free grid, that means he'll start sixth. So, you know, if he's gonna start sixth, I think you should take the penalty, start at the back. Uh but for Howardson's case, I think I would take a fourth engine as well. Uh, I really would just to have that fresher engine in the bank for the final races because it I think it is going to come down to the final two or three races this championship and it is so close we've seen how every but, tenth matters. But yeah but equally if you're saying every tenth matters so does you know the at least 15 points that a driver is going to gain for taking a fresh engine. So I don't I don't necessarily necess- want to be against the stuff with a fresh engine versus yourself with a four or five race old engine for the final races I, I wouldn't want to be yeah but equally would you want to be handing Verstappen a massive cushion in the championship of yeah, but you know potentially out, 20 points should he pull out this weekend shouldn't it in theory if Verstappen takes it this weekend mm, yeah but Mercedes need to gain Mercedes need to make gains on Verstappen because they're five points behind so yeah mm. I I, I don't know. I, I I think I think the plan is to take it because I, I I really don't think they would have done it, it as far so so early if they if they weren't planning something. So I, I think yeah you know it's probably since say France or Austria they decided right we're going to take an engine penalty a grid penalty for a fourth engine at some point yeah but they're just not going to say. Mm. But I just think if you're saying every tenth matters, you've also you know you've also got to acknowledge that there is a huge penalty, which is kind of the point of the engine penalty. We're taking a fourth power unit and, you know, that's that's handing a lot of points to your rival in a season where, you know, I think and you've got a, in, in normal circumstances, Hamilton or Verstappen is winning. If the other one isn't there, Perez or Bottas aren't strong enough to beat the other. Um, so, you know, I think, and if... You know, if there's a kind of crazy race coming up, then maybe it'd be worth taking one. But yeah, it's I don't know. I think it's it's interesting it's, because it you know, is. this this is what the free engine rule does. It not many people like it, but we haven't seen this before where strategically you might want to intentionally take a grid penalty, you know, to win the championship or whatever. So in a way, it kind of adds some excitement, weirdly. I think well, I think we're the only people excited about maybe. it. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on <laughs> what, what else have we got to talk about uh, help me Adam <laughs> well the fact that Antonio Giovinazzi is still at Alfa Romeo and still hasn't been announced or mm. announced as leaving or announced as staying on which I and I've been talking to Freddie about this as well that we kind of both think that's maybe down to his performances over the last few weekends he's you know he has been has been doing much better and it's kind of made it difficult for our front this is our theory they've made it kind of more difficult for Alfa Romeo to replace him while he's having some of his kind of best weekends in the team I mean there's also the factor that Joe needs to get his super license and you know that's very up in the air at the moment so whether Sochi if he has a good weekend at Sochi that could really change things up because then they've not got another race until Saudi Arabia because that's apparently why, you know, how F2 works, that they're just going to have a two-month gap before the next race because, you know, it's fun. I don't know. Stupid. Anyway, um, so, you know, I think a lot could hinge on how things go in F2 for Guan Yu Zhou and how things go in F1 for Giovinazzi as to whether we see that announcement come. I think they've always planned. I I think they wanted to do it in October anyway. I think, I think mm. I've read it somewhere, I can't remember where, but I don't think they plan to announce anything this month, so I'm not too surprised by it, and I think you're right with, uh, I think Vassar, the team principal, Fred Fred Vassar, he said he wanted to see what happens in Monza and Sochi mm. Joe, so I think that's all it is, mm. really. So I, I don't that's... think, you know, Giovinazzi has, has been performing well, but I don't think that's the reason why, I don't think. I mean, though, you know, there's F2 and F3 this weekend, which is going to be 
Yeah, F3 finale. Yes, it is. Dennis Hauger will have to do something special to lose it, I think. But, you know, things happen. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. It's been interesting. I don't, oh, I don't know what to make of F3, to be honest. I think, I think the schedule hasn't helped and the format hasn't helped, but I think kind of looking down the list, there are kind of drivers that maybe expected to do a bit better. Mm. I think especially Vesti in his second year, yeah. he's running away with it. Um, yeah. I mean, we were, I think it was before Spain. I think Spain was the first F3 race. We were kind of like did a little 10 minute segment on F3. You know, because we were we were pretty excited about it. And I think I mentioned Vesti, he'll be champion, but you know, mm. someone like him, he, he really hasn't performed when you when you need to, quite frankly. So it has been a bit uh underwhelming, I think, overall, the whole championship. Mm. Like I said, the calendar, the format doesn't help as well, but yeah, I, sometimes I, you just get yeah, go on. I, I mean last year I thought Vesti coming in, he was with Kramer, he'd come in after winning I think, but um, I double check. But you know, he'd come in winning a championship where he'd been racing, a, yeah, Formula Regional, where he'd been racing a lot of the people that he'd then be competing with in F3. So I kind of thought, you know, he he seemed to be like the driver prime to take it. And then the one driver that he didn't race was Oscar Piastri, who <laughs> won instead. But Vesti wasn't really there, he kind of wasn't really a factor. Um, in that mad final weekend. So, yeah, I think Dewan's been the big surprise package where I didn't really see him coming in and he has. Clement Novelak has done well, but he's changed his nationality from British to French, so I don't like him anymore. <laughs> um, and Martins has had a good um, kind of debut season. I think he's done... He's maybe this... No, he's probably not a standout, but... I think he's... I, I quite rate, I rate Martins. I quite, mm. quite like him. I don't know how he's pronounced either. I don't know if it's Martin or Martins. But, yeah, know, it's Mar- I think it is Martins. That's how the commentators say it, Martins. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think Hauger, he's in his second season, isn't he? Um, and, you know, it's kind of... Yes. You'd probably have expected him to win. You know, I think it would have been... Maybe not expected, but I think if he hadn't won, then it would have been a bit of a red flag on him going through. So, yeah, I think I think there seems to be, in my mind anyway, a kind of clear divide between top four and then kind of from bestie downwards. I mean, Leclerc's had some good races, but you know, I think I think that's that's where the dividing line is of kind of drivers that I would follow going forward and you know closely and would expect to go to F two and kind of drivers that. Maybe I won't, you know, not going to be tracking as closely. The, the thing I've always, or the problem I've always had with F3 is the Prima effect, because I think mm. since 2012, <laughs> there's only been one non Prima drivers champion, and that was Norris when he was with Carl in, in mm. uh, 2017. So, you know, I hope it, I hope the Prima effect isn't over. Like making Hauger look better than he is, kind of thing, and because because mm. I've can't help but feel because you know we've seen Vesti, he's moved from Prima to I should know which team he's with, ART. Yeah. Uh, so and he's you know not performing as well, so I just wonder how much of an effect that has. But I, I guess we won't know till next year when you know they move to F two or, or move championships or whatever. But that is always something I've had with F three, which has made it. Like it's always been a factor with me when, when judging drivers, you know, have they driven with Prima in F3? How well have they done? Uh, so, yeah, that's always something. a bit yeah. random, but just a point. No, no I, I understand. I think, yeah, but I think that kind of, you know, that only extends to the Prima drivers. So I think, you know, doing Novelak and Martins, you know, it's kind of yeah. there. You know, they, they've had good seasons and there's kind of not that detractor you can take away from that. I think Hauger in his second season and in Bremer, you know, as, as I say, you'd, it, it all lined up for him to to take it and you'd expect him to go to F2 and see what he can do. But I think, you know, if I if I was a, you know, insert name here, F2 team looking for a driver, I think I'd probably take one the other four or one the other three 
out of the top four, to mm. be honest. Um, I don't think I would take Hauger as first choice. But on the flip side, you know, Hauger is very fast. He's won championships in the past. And, you know, as we say, he looks like he's going to win this one as well. So, you know, it's not it's not a major kind of mark against his name. But, you know, I just, I think personally, looking at it, you, there's maybe more, um, you know, concrete conclusions that you can draw from the rest of the top four seasons. So, yeah, but but yeah, this I I just hope they go back to the old format. I think it's good ending it now, which I don't get, you know, I kind of like that about F3. I don't get where, you know, F2 has to finish in Abu Dhabi. It just seems really mm. bizarre. Like finish it. Must be contractual. That's all I can think of. Must be. It's like no one, you know, and if you put if you put the championship decider like four rounds earlier, that just put if you put it in Mexico City or something like that then that like puts more attention on Mexico City. No one, why had Abu Dhabi? Every, like half the fans have forgotten who's winning. And, no, you know, it's the end of the season and there's all the end of season stuff going around with F1. So no one, like, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't matter. There's just, you know, it just detracts from F2. F2 is not big enough to overcome that. Whereas if you put it early, you'll get the benefit that drivers have a few more months to decide their contract and decide who they're racing with. And, it puts more attention and kind of more riding on a different Grand Prix over the weekend, which is better. And that's kind of why, you know, I think F3's got its stuff sorted out more in that, you know, it finished at Mugello last year, I think, and it's finishing yeah. Sochi here. It just works better for me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. The F2 bar uh, finished in Bahrain last year. I don't think they had Abu Dhabi. And I remember we were talking about it Saki, more, yeah. simply just because, mm. you know, it, it wasn't the F1 finale, it was the F2 finale, and that was just as exciting at the time. So, you know, that that piece of evidence alone, you know, just yeah. shows your point. So, who knows yeah. why? But, yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, guess they, I guess they don't want drivers kind of out of the seat for ages before they go into F1. That's kind of the that's really a bit the, of a lazy reason for me. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like that's the only thing I can think of. And even then, you can just put on other series. But the equivalent is the Toyota yeah, Racing we Series. Young on, drivers but... test as well yeah, mm. in December and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> that's our rant. F two things. <laughs> that's our rant for the week over. Speaking of Abu Dhabi and Sochi, like honestly, is Sochi one of the worst tracks on the calendar for F one? Do you think? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's, like, that's a fair I think answer. I mean, looking. I think the 2019 Grand Prix with um, Leclerc and Vettel was entertaining, but that was that was entertaining because of Ferrari. That could have happened at any track or any. Is that track your favourite the... Russian Grand Prix? I mean, probably. It, it's a pretty short list. 2018, were were Hamilton and Vettel? They had a battle, and then Bottas had to let Hamilton buy, and that was kind mm. of. Dramatic for, for Sochi standards, I guess. Yeah, that's the I mean, only that's, other bit that stands out. That's the thing is, I think the the Vessel and Leclerc stuff was quite. It felt like it had been waiting for that for the whole season, mm. so I think that quite that felt quite significant when it did happen, which is probably why, you know, that's the one that I remember most. But yeah, you know, I think looking looking at Mexico City, Portimao, and Jeddah and Abu Dhabi are kind of the, I think you put Sochi with them in, in the bottom bracket of the grid this year for me. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's just not, and whatever the TBA race is, which we don't know yet. But, yeah, it's just, it's just not good. I think they're moving The corners it. are just so when, repetitive. Just, when are they No, I was just going to say, when are they moving it to Agora Drive? Uh, 2024, now three, four, oh, 23. No, 23. Uh, now. <laughs> it's 2023, but then are they doing a street circuit? I thought they were doing like one street circuit race and then, no, that might be Jeddah. I think I'm thinking of Saudi Arabia, another oil money Grand Prix. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that'll be, that'll be really a blessing for everyone because I don't think Igor Drive can be that bad. And yeah, it, it's just not. And even the Olympic Park, it didn't like make anything of the 
being in the Winter Olympic Park anyway, which is kind of like the whole the whole unique aspect of it. I mean, from what I've never been to Sochi, but what people say, you know, what Jack Nichols said, who did the Winter Olympics commentary for BBC Anders F1, is that it's not it Sochi itself is like a resort town. So it's it's like a weird set setter because like people don't live there or it's not really like the main population hub. The main population hub's like an hour away or whatever in the car. And then the Sochi itself is just like a yeah, like a tourist attraction, like a, a resort, which it's just strange. It's you know it always take place in the day and you've just got like bland backdrops, you know, like a motorway flyover or something when you're not going past the Olympic Park. Even the Olympic Park, because all of you know the stadiums there are pretty much all indoors, then because that's how the Winter Olympics works, then it's just boxes anyway. Like there's one that's the shape of an ice hockey puck, which is quite cool, I guess. But it's just make it a night race, I think. That might that'll work well, have yeah. the Black Sea next to it. Not that the Black well. Sea. Yes, it's the Black Sea, and then that would look quite. It just look better, quite frankly. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. But for so then it'd be on. Well, it'd be on in the UK as kind of an evening race. Yeah, yeah, cool. I think I should do that, but they're not going to. Um, and anyway, I feel like if they were going to do that, they should have done that in 2016. Now it's going to Agora Drive. It's like I don't really. No, I care yeah, what happens to this championship. Two more races, haven't they? Yeah, <laughs> I care what happens to this championship, but like, well, they've only got one more race. They're not going to make this one a night race yeah, no, no. with two <laughs> days' notice. So, you know, I think they've only got one more. So I think the time to do that has passed. But I don't know. I think it has the potential for a good race. I mean, last year had the potential for a bit of a good race before Hamilton um, messed up his practice <laughs> starts. And if he does that this weekend like just give Red Bull you'll be throwing title. things I think if, 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 if he does just that get, like, he, oh, he'll be throwing the world championship trophy to Red Bull but he should just drop it off after the race there anyway he's probably not going to do that because he's not an idiot um, but you know it, you know, it, it's got a vague potential to have some good races but I think even even as the track it's underperformed I don't think you know like it's not it's not an amazing track at all but I just, I would have expected to have like a memorable race. Yeah. You know, a that's memorable, like on track moments, which it hasn't even had that, which, yeah, it's just not, it's just not a good track. And we're leaving it soon, which is good. <laughs> there we go. I think you've summed up what my thoughts pretty much are <laughs> in that little three, four minute speech. Right. Uh, is there, Anything else you want to talk about, Adam, before this weekend? I think McLaren should go well again because mm. of the power-sensitive nature of the track. If it, if it is dry, but even if it's wet, Norris, as we saw, goes very well in the rain. Uh, so I think, yeah, they could get a podium, especially if Verstappen does take a grip belt that will widen the door a bit. Uh, yeah, so. well, maybe Ferrari. Ferrari just like turn up and randomly do well. So I don't know, maybe they'll do that again. Do you want to make any predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to predict a podium and a pole position? I think Hamilton will sweep the weekend, I think. I think he'll get pole and win. I think, I think he knows he has to perform this weekend. I think he, he will do it. He'll get his 100th win, which will be fantastic. Uh, and I think second and third, I think he'll be in Mercedes 1-2. I think, I think Bottas will be second. And then third, I'm going to go with Ricardo. I'm going to say he backs up his Monza, launch, which I never thought I would Ricardo. say. Ricardo. Oh, oh wow. Monza. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah, Hamilton pole, Hamilton win, Bottas second, Leclerc third, I think. I could come back to bite me, but. If if Verstappen starts from the pit lane on the back, how far up do you think he'll get? Uh, I mean, I'm going to say fifth. Yeah, it's quite a difficult one because I don't know, like the kind of parallels to judge from are probably. So he started from the back in 2018. In Sochi as well, and he got oh, up to fifth after oh, like seven laps or something, but then he stayed fifth for the rest of the race. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, prob- probably the same thing. Then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking about, I don't know, 
And Hamilton's come from the back a few times in Monza and Hungary over the last two years, but that's a bit of a different situation, really. So, yeah, I don't know. I think pit lane starts a bit different because you can't make up like two or three positions on the first corner. Um, but I don't know if that, that's if he actually, to be fair, if he's Hamilton takes pole, he'll be starting fifth. I can see him taking third from that actually. I just kind of mm. discounted him from my prediction, which was quite bad. And but Perez, well, Perez, Perez, this if, if Verstappen does start at the back, Perez has got a big opportunity to Perez isn't doing anything. Well, it's not happening. We'll see. We'll see. We, if, I was, if I was Verstappen, I'd, if it's dry, give him a massive slipstream in qualifying, like down the main street, like Bottas did with Verstappen last year, and then give him like half a second. <laughs> Actually, that, that is something I just want to shout out again is like <laughs> Bottas doing that. And then on Drive to Survive, he's like, ah, yes, I tricked them. I was like, yeah, I gave Verstappen a massive slipstream. So I was third, and everyone was like, ah, Bottas, you're rubbish because you qualified behind Verstappen. But then I got a massive slipstream, and then overtook him. And like, then I won the race, and it was all my master plan. It's like, no, it's just because Hamilton was an idiot and did two burnout starts. Like, it wasn't anything to do with Bottas at all. It was just, it was just Hamilton. Like losing his brain and Mercedes losing their brain for like a few seconds of us. I was like, ha ha, this is all how I planned it. It's like, no, just shut up. So, yeah, that's that's the thing I want to shout out. I've still not watched this season's Drive to Survive, actually. So, but I definitely know, know about that. So, I don't I mean, think I'm missing too much from what no, people said. I, it's quite nice. I kind of view it as a season review, or well, that's how mm. I kind of watch it as. Um, I think. I think I said before this season came out, it seems to be kind of maybe getting a bit bigger than it should be, yeah. or kind of which I think after this season, I definitely agree with myself. Um, so, but you know, it's it's entertainment. I enjoy watching it, and you know, as I say, kind of when when it comes out in March or February, seeing it as a like a season review from last season is quite fun. I think so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That is our... every topic possible. <laughs> drive to survive, <laughs> Igor Drive, uh, F2 F3. and F3, <laughs> Freck, Gianluca Petikov, Tyres, Bloods, <laughs> Aston Martin. Yeah, covered it all. Great That's podcast. Good. And we'll be doing it every week. Well, most weeks, hopefully, uh, when Freddie is back. Yes. Uh, we will see you after. The Russian Grand Prix. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get cancelled or anything because because of the weather. Hopefully, it's a safe one. Hopefully, it's an exciting one. So, until then, we will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>